Welcome back to the show. This is JD and Riley here on Debatable, and uh, we've got a couple unconventional topics here on this week's show, but we'll get right into some of the more tech-related items, starting off with Microsoft. And uh, I feel like this has been a long time coming. Would you say that'd be the same for you, Riley? Yeah, I would say so. Um, obviously, I have my own thoughts, but I'd like to hear yours, actually. Well, Microsoft is killing Cortana, so... I really am not surprised by this. I'm kind of actually more surprised it hasn't happened sooner uh, just because <laughs> I feel like they were at the bottom of the barrel. Pretty much, yeah. I felt like Google obviously was in the lead and its closest competitor was, I would probably say Siri. I, I, I really, I know a lot of people like to throw Bixby in there, but I feel like even though Siri wasn't as proficient, uh, I think it's because it had a wider following. So in either case... Um, I was just going to say in terms of like maybe the closeness of Siri and Cortana. I don't know. I, I feel like Siri has dominated a lot of the voice command type stuff in the last at least eight years for the most part. And I think putting that close to Cortana, maybe a bit of a stretch there. But uh, well, I think I think uh, Microsoft's biggest loss is when they pulled out of the mobile market. So that's really. Yeah. Where I, I feel I like Cortana truly died. I think they just kept it long because it was just nice to have an assistant on a PC, but I don't really think it made that much of a difference. So right, yeah. Um, but it's all in favor of pursuing AI and trying to go in that direction, and I feel like it's a common direction for almost every company out there, actually. Yeah. So it's true. I can't say I blame microsoft for doing that no um i can blame them because cortana wasn't ever really great and i feel like that's still on them however with you know the advancement of ai i think uh that's the right direction to head into so yeah i agree with you right there i uh i can't even remember the last time i actually even used cortana um because i think every time i've started up like when i've gotten a new laptop the last few years I was like two times, I think. And even when I restarted it, I never, ever enabled Cortana <laughs> just because the there wasn't thing. any. Yep. Generally speaking, there wasn't really good any use for it because yeah. when I'm researching something or looking up something, I usually just type it. Um, yeah, exactly. So it was again, it was it was probably its prime maybe six, seven years ago, but maybe a bit before then. But as of yeah, as of right now, my, most people probably don't even hardly even use it at all. So. Well, I think it's also, I, I don't think they ever actually used a shortcut for it. Uh, obviously, it was mm-hmm. on the toolbar and stuff like that. But in theory, you could activate it the same way you activate Siri, like uh, maybe holding down the start button on your keyboard. But yeah. it was never anything where you could just, you know, go in and, and get it. So, and yeah, it was just easier to uh, to just use your keyboard and start typing and searching stuff. And I think the the habitual side of it is that's what people normally do. You know, they open up a browser, they start searching or they, or they do just, you know, hit the start button and then search from there. But in either case, uh, yeah, it just never really took off on the PC side of things. At least that's what I feel like. And so I'll reiterate one more time. I kind of feel like it was already dead. It was just waiting for the official announcement from Microsoft. So (laughs) it's true. Um, but then on the flip side, we've got Apple who's starting their own internal, uh, Apple GPT, as they call it. Mm-hmm. And I, it kind of begs the question, just to speculate, I don't think there's actually any true validity to this, but it's worth 
at least throwing it out there just in case, hey, who knows? But with that internal start of Apple GPT, do you think they'll ever actually take the axe to Siri or do you think it would be worth it to take Siri out of the mix in favor of something more advanced? See, I think because Siri is so well-renowned in the on in our world today, because a good portion of the population has an iPhone, um, I think it'd be good to combine. And I think this is what they... Apple had been talking about for some time is actually um, sort of implementing AI into Siri. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, yeah, they, I don't really think they should do that. I think that's when Microsoft needed to, Apple does not. That that's my kind of thoughts about it. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. Um, and here's the thing. And I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I get that, you know, Siri did um, do some things right. Mm-hmm. Nevertheless, I do feel like they definitely felt, I mean, I would say they're the first, pretty much the first one in the mobile market to have, you know, that assistant right. on your phone. Uh, but ever since Google Assistant came out, it kind of just quickly fell behind and they've never really caught up. So, but like you're saying, I do agree, you know, that's, it's it's still a staple among uh, Apple and their community as well. So uh, that would probably be a good way to go about doing it is to actually combine it and actually integrate the, you know, learning machine and AI into Siri and help it be more advanced. Uh, it just kind of depends on if that's the route they want to take and how yeah. much work will actually go into developing that versus just starting from the ground up and having, you know, an Apple GPT take over. So exactly. I don't really. And, and that's the other thing that you could actually do is if you did start from the ground up, you could always mask it to where all it needed to do was you know have hey siri at the top because that's really just the face of it correct so it just yeah because what are you going to do when you know apple gets rid of siri what are they going to name it something like one one letter thing you know (laughs) um yeah yeah it, it just like it's it'd be weird to get rid of it and i agree with you kind of um, that Google is ahead of that in terms of uh, being a better assistant. Yes, definitely. But it, again, it's it's like um, most people, I don't think almost all people know like Siri generally. Yeah. And yeah. it's... Game Rally is a freeware racing game developed by brothers Hino and Jukka Rubinor from Finland. Do you want me to keep reading? Shut up. Okay. That was ironic. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and that's just how advanced she is. Uh, <laughs> well, it's kind of funny though, cause, uh, it was uh, ironically the, the other day, uh, I took my daughter out for, you know, just a, a daddy daughter outing and when we went to get some ice cream and stuff. So mm-hmm. we're in the car and, um, somehow we got on the topic of Siri and she's like, well, Siri just stinks. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting that like an 11 year old would actually think that. She's like, yeah, I just like, sometimes it says like, I, I can't help you with that or something like that. And she's like, yeah, I think Google's a lot better. I'm like, wow. Wow. Pretty astute from, you know, a kid that just hangs out with her friends and stuff. And I mean, it's not like, I don't really feel like she's like super tech savvy. So is, I don't think she's the typical Gen A type, but, um, she'd get her yeah, on one of these I, episodes. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I I just thought that was that was like a little bit of an eye opener. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I I can't it's argue true. with that. Yeah, and, and that's something that I myself appreciate about Google because it's just it is it has a lot of just day to day helpful use that you can just plug and go and be on your way. So, mm-hmm. 
But yeah, that's kind of where we're at with AI, at least on the the forefront between Microsoft and Apple. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I think according to Bloomberg, it sounded like uh, they would probably make some sort of announcement or something on the public side uh, next year in 2024 relating to this in some way, shape or form. Right. So we'll yeah. have to wait and see. I'm not sure exactly what that specifically entails, but you know, uh, it's still a ways off. So that's kind of to be expected, but yeah, for sure. Moving on to uh, nothing though. We had a bit of a quarter two recap from Carl pay and the company on YouTube. And, mm-hmm. uh, evidently we're getting a sub brand from nothing. And I'm kind of curious what your take is on this. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be more so for the lower end consumer market. So yeah, I guess my biggest question is, is like, do you feel like it's too soon? I mean, they're just starting to get things rolling, especially here in the U.S. Uh, I know it's their second year technically, but I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious. Well, we know that um, when Pay was with uh, OnePlus, he did start a sub-brand, but I don't know at what point in that career did he start it. Was it like a few years into it or because it was Nord? So, um, well, I didn't think, I didn't think that that was actually technically a sub brand. I think that was more of a model line. It was it actually listed as a sub brand. Yeah, it is a sub brand. Okay. It's, um, cause it's, it's actually says on the verge, uh, the article, uh, pay has a history of launching affordable sub brands within existing tech companies. One of his last major projects he worked on while still at OnePlus was kickstarting its Nord sub brand. Yeah, I guess it just kind of depends. I mean, it's because I feel like, in my opinion, I felt like that was more of a model line. Okay. I guess technically, if you look at maybe, I'm sure maybe Wikipedia has it as a, you know, a subsidiary or something like that. Yeah. In my opinion, that's kind of how I viewed it. They just kind of decided to announce, you know, some lower end models. Kind of, In my opinion, I saw the Nord as like an iPhone SE. That's my perception of it. Now, right. when it comes down to the actual corporate you know, how you mix that all together and divvy it all up. How does that look? I'm not really sure. So maybe there's some truth to that. I can kind of see where you're coming from. So, yeah. And I actually think that uh, him having a, you know, a history with a previous company. So maybe that will lend some more confidence to it and be like, okay, uh, I think we're in a good position. And I don't necessarily think Carl would pursue something unless he knew it was capable of, standing on its own without damaging the current, you know, structure of what he's built so far. Yes, I would agree with you. Yeah, I do have those expectations of him just based on his history. Um, And it looks like Nord was actually released in 2020. So that was seven years after OnePlus began, which is quite a while to start a sub-brand, which is a good amount of time, I think. Yeah. So for Carl to go ahead and do this now... I think it is a little bit early, even though he does have experience and I'm not um, discrediting that um, he have, no. he did do that sub brand for Nord and, you know, that shows that he's capable, like we said, but I don't know. I feel like here's what I think. You refine nothing a bit more, work on the earbuds a little bit more, then make a sub brand because you already have experience and knowledge of what a high expectation is. Versus something that's mid-tier that people can actually afford a little more easily. So I'd give it, if I was Carl, which I'm not, (laughs) I would say maybe wait another year or two and then go ahead and do it. 
Um, in the rare case that he actually might be able to pull this off, I'm it's possible. Um, I'm just saying from a face value, I feel like it just needs a little bit more time. Not a whole lot, but just a little bit. Uh, so when when did it say that uh the North series started? You said twenty twenty? It say July of twenty twenty. July, yeah. Okay. Which is ironic because he left in October of twenty twenty. <laughs> so yeah that is maybe that's a telltale sign of something you know maybe he just felt like he needed to just restart because he had so much on him but i don't know yeah i mean uh i'm interested to see the 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 sub brand is uh was it cmf so yeah yep evidently you're supposed to have a, a smartwatch and some earbuds coming here later on i think he said this year if i'm not mistaken or at least an announcement of some sort so uh, yeah. I think I'm more interested to see the smartwatch myself, um, right. because I've already tested out the nothing ear twos and I wasn't really wholly impressed by that. So I think they really need to work on the audio side of things before mm-hmm. <laughs> they keep going in, in that direction, expanding. But as far as the smartwatch, yeah, that'd be something really cool to see. Obviously I'm sure it's going to be well integrated with the nothing OS, which I'm also a huge fan of. Right. Yeah. I am pretty big fan of that too. With basically any non Apple wearable out there, it means that you can pretty much pair it to virtually any Android phone. So that's the cool thing is I can, you could be able to test it out without actually having to buy a nothing phone in theory. So Mm -hmm. that's the plus side. But yeah, I'm curious about prices, capabilities, performance. Obviously, it wasn't directly geared towards performance. That's what the nothing brand is for. CMF is more towards, you know, affordability and such. So, but it'll be really cool. I'm really glad to see that he's doing this. I just kind of felt like it was a bit of a shock because the guy is just, I feel like he's stretching himself thin. I mean, it's amazing how much he does in running this company. Yes. And then at the same time, being such a face of the company as well, you know, on YouTube and such. And just, it's incredible he just does what a lot. he's doing. And yet at the same time, as we've mentioned before, he's very down to earth too. So it's like, who is this person? <laughs> So, yeah, I feel like he's he's the type of guy that takes himself very seriously, but he also shows a side to him to tell people like, hey, I understand you as from a user perspective because I've been there. Yeah. And when you show that kind of side to someone, it's like you're ensuring a bit of trust. And I feel like that's maybe what Carl's been doing the last few years. Uh, is trying to establish that. Now, as to whether how he's going to go about the next few years, that's kind of hard to tell. I mean, just from what he's done, I have a lot of faith that he's going to be able to really pull a lot of great things off. I also think the um, the Nothing Buds 2, I feel like that would be something part of CMF. Yes. J- just because of like the audio that you were mentioning, I feel like that is more of a worthy price to be that so yeah 150 dollars. i think uh that's i think that's at the top right there of the price you'd pay for for a uh a lower end consumer market so yep yeah something between well what we see from one plus like maybe 50 to 60 all the way up to i don't know 125 mm-hmm. somewhere in there yeah but yeah it's it's it's, it's uh something to keep an eye on you know, so and it's kind of funny because I really don't when I look at him, I don't think like Carl. He doesn't look like a Carl to me. <laughs> not not to say anything about his nationality. It's just right. Yeah. Gotta be. 
<laughs> uh, I guess that just, you know, splits the difference and shows you just where the down to earth part comes from. Hey, it's Carl. So anyway, uh, you had some yeah. news on Reddit. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, so we talked about a month ago and I actually think it was on our um, STT stuff for uh, Wednesday about Reddit shutting uh, or not uh, raising the prices for API usage. Yep. And because of that, it was foreseen that a lot of those third-party Reddit apps were going to be shut down. Well, they are now. Apps like Sync and Bacon Reader are just completely gone. There was a farewell message, uh, the developer of Sync, and uh, that kind of stuff. The one, one of the ones that are still existing is Apollo. Uh, Christian Selig, which I think we actually mentioned him in the last episode that we talked about um, this whole Reddit debacle. Um, He said that he'd be paying upwards of 20 million a year. Yeah, that's right. But he is going to be doing a subscription based thing for this app. So at least he can make back what he would have owed on all of that. That's crazy. Yeah, it's this whole thing is just ridiculous, honestly, because. It's it's put a dent into those apps and, you know, into the way that users utilize that stuff, according to Reddit. And I have never really used those apps, so I don't really know exactly. But it's still annoying that, like, you have to increase the price so much for that to happen. And that's why there was that whole subreddit's going dark just because people were protesting that it's ridiculous. And I'm... I'm still kind of saddened by it, honestly. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's something that we weren't really going to be surprised by because we knew that either prices were going to appear or increase mm-hmm. on that third party level, or those services or products were just going to disappear because those who were heading it up just couldn't afford or see it worth uh, charging for just because of what they were offering and what the consumer was used to. So, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, I really don't have a whole lot to say about that. I mean that CEO. It's just, you can't get away from the unfortunate side of it all and, and kind of what was avoidable or at least finding a different way to approach it as, we, as we've said in the past. So is that the only one you said Apollo? I'm assuming there's probably other ones that are maybe a little bit less well-known that are probably floating around still. So yeah, there's still a few others that haven't shut down, thankfully. Yeah. But I, th- I really honestly think there was not a whole lot of thought put into this decision. I truly believe that because if you wanted to raise prices, good. But if you're going to do it to the point of actually people protesting that, and rightfully so, then that's where the issue lies. And the way the CEO responded, I'm still like absolutely frustrated by that. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, he just, yeah, he did not care. Just went straight right through it. And there are people that aren't even using Reddit anymore because of it. They've just left it because it's like, well, you've done this now and I'm not going to support a CEO that pulls crap like that, you know, and I can understand that. It's it's really, really annoying. <laughs> it's it's kind of crazy. I feel like 2023 is a great demise in social media platforms. Yes. <laughs> it's just all over the place. I mean, not that not that Facebook was ever amazing, you know, in the past few years. Uh, obviously I think, I think they started going off the deep end, you know, in the early 20 teens, but, um, yep. Yeah. I mean, with, with, uh, Twitter, I'll say Twitter for the people that don't, aren't used to the X part, but, um, Agreed. with Twitter and then you have Reddit, uh, I 
threads is and 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 mastodon and whatever those are more of like you know experimental and who's to say whether they're going to do any better or not yep. obviously you know like we said on uh on wednesday you know they've kind of leveled out with uh active users so but it's it's just really crazy i i didn't uh i didn't really anticipate all this being that insane mm-hmm. but i guess that's <laughs> that's what happens when uh stupidity yeah. <laughs> interplays honestly the only and maybe i'm wrong about this so don't quote me on it but i believe the only the only uh streaming service that has increased their prices is discovery they're charging like 10 bucks for because i i used it for a little while um i mean the plans start like 4.99 a month and then go up to 10 with no ads and they never even changed the prices for that that's like one of the only ones that hasn't changed which is great because like there are a lot of shows on there that i still love to watch but um yeah, aside from all, there's just tons of stuff that's happened this this year, man. And I'm yeah. There's still like what? How many more months? Like five more months? Or no, four? Well, including this month, yeah, that's five. We're, we're in eight, so yeah, so yeah, we're technically five since this one. So just there's began, still but, uh, a lot of crazy stuff to happen, probably. <laughs> a lot of time for uh, more screw ups to appear. So yep. you can definitely stay tuned for more interest, interesting, controversial, insanity. Yep. But uh, speaking of controversial and polarizing, we don't normally spread our wings too far as is when, you know, automotive industry is considered or even technically sports, although we have incorporated some sports topics in the past. But the new design for the Santa Fe was released uh, back, I believe it was in July. And this is just so insane, the way this vehicle looks. Yeah. And... Uh, if you guys have seen the previous gen Santa Fe, there's nothing that resembles the outgoing generation at all. Yeah, you could you couldn't if you were on the street and you saw the car driving by, I uh, you'd probably think it was more of like a Land Rover, like a, a Discovery. Yes, it's just absolutely not Hyundai. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is not like them at all. Uh, just from the well obviously the exterior is like something that just completely like takes you back uh immediately when looking at it it's it almost looks like if you combined one of those uh basic police cars like the suvs ford explorer yeah that might yeah i think that that's what the one that i'm thinking of yeah if you combine a, a ford explorer and then the Cybertruck from tesla Okay, I can kind of see where you're going with that. Yeah, it's it all. It also has that kind of Kia Soul esque to it. That's exactly what I said. So, I said it, it was a combination of a Kia Soul, a Discovery, yeah. and then the back end reminded me of a Ford Flex. Uh, a new Ford Flex. I I mean, the, you could pick any Ford Flex. They all look practically the same. Oh yeah, they're very distinctive. Okay. Yes. So there's there's that. And then so there were two different pre-gen looks to the Santa Fe. Uh, one was the introductory and that kind of had more of a swoopy, curvy gr- grill to it. And I thought mm-hmm. it was very, you know, eye appealing. The facelift was looked like a big fat mouth just coming right at you. And I was like, <laughs> OK, that's not exactly what I would consider attractive. And even my wife and I were like, uh, why like as far like the interior looked amazing if i could yes. have the the newer interior yep. with the older exterior oh i would buy that in a heartbeat except for the fact that it's still hyundai but 
nevertheless, it was just Dang. when you look at the next gen and I'm the 2024, I'm just like blown away. I'm like, what on earth were they thinking? And I can see where they were pulling in some of their EV uh, yes, I immediately thought of that. The, yep. uh, the headlights. So I can see that. But it's just like, did you have to incorporate that into your regular, you know, in, internal combustion engine yeah. uh, lineup? So, which I suppose just indicates just how the transition to EV is coming along, because obviously I feel like you're going to have very few ICEs in the future. So, one of the things that you told me was that a car has generations. Yeah. And they will differ not largely but like it's close but you can definitely tell the difference and for each model is basically the same uh in the last maybe eight years or so i think hybrid is an exception because especially if you well even if it's um a full-on ev but it's if you're transitioning into that then it's definitely going to be a very different look because you're putting that stamp on it at least yeah, I mean the uh, I, I I think technically you could say like the plug-in hybrid electric vehicles might have a different look to them. Technically, the hybrids may not vary too much, but yes, definitely once you jump into the EV, that's really where things start to look more. Well, I would say they attempt to make it look more futuristic. Yes, because I the- don't think they always succeed at that though. <laughs> Yes. Well, it's an indication. Sometimes it looks more like child's toy. Right. I mean, there was like, what was the one? Because you, um, you and I went to some different lots to check out some cars. There was a, was it a Kia EV? It was probably a Kia EV, yeah. Yeah. Those ones, like you can tell immediately what an EV looks like now. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, I feel like Hyundai, at least with the Santa Fe here, it's just... Like, it doesn't look horrible, but it, it doesn't. But it doesn't look like a family car. It looks like you're about to blow somebody over. <laughs> it looks like a, this looks like something that should have been in, in like a movie. Marvel movie. Yes. Yes. I was just going to say that it should have been like in a Marvel movie where there's like a full on chasing with 10 of these behind yes. someone. Yeah. Um, it, but, but you know, it, you're right. I can actually see like, you know, red and blue lights flashing, you know, yes. on the inside from. Yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, like you said, it just it differs from the previous generation. And I feel like it differs too much. You could yeah, have like when still... You, when you look at that, you can't tell that that's a Santa Fe. And I'm not saying that when you look at a brand new RAV4, you can say, oh, I can see a 1998 RAV4 from that. No, not really. Right. It's just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a huge I, difference. I don't know. It, 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 I feel like it just went way too far and differed way too far. This looks like a whole different model lineup. That's what I think. Exactly. I feel like they should have kept that curvature that they did on the previous generations lighten up that smile or something um pull a joker smile there (laughs) (laughs) no it's just a straight exactly it's it's staring you down it's it's not happy to be the way it is um (laughs) again i'm not hating on this car i mean this is my first time seeing i'm not yeah i mean i don't think it's horrible it's just that i I wouldn't necessarily think of it as a family car. Like when I look at like a Honda yes. Pilot, I think, okay, that's that's a family hauler. Or when I look at a Highlander, that's a nice car. Uh, when I look at this, I'm a little This is for an FBI in- investigator. Yeah, it's, it's like if I saw that thing coming at me in the, in the rear view mirror, I'd be like, okay, I need to either slow down or get out of the way. So, Pull over. But yeah. in either case, you'll definitely have to let us know. Uh, we'll throw a uh, we'll throw a voting poll in Spotify, and you guys can let us know if you uh, if you like that or if it's a definite no for you as far as the design. So yep. 
Um, but to close out this uh, week's episode of Debatable, again, this is this is kind of a very wacky episode. Um, I was just informed via ESPN that Oregon and Washington have finalized a deal to join the Big Ten, which means they're leaving the Pac-12. So this is okay. extremely surprising for me in some ways, and in other ways I'm not completely shocked, but it's I'm a little nervous for myself here because as a diehard Duck fan, uh, I think we're going to get swamped and just bullied around by some of these teams in the Big Ten. Uh, Michigan, uh, Ohio State, probably Penn State, um, yeah. Purdue. So there's just a whole bunch of teams out there that are probably going to give us a a thwomping uh, when it comes to our 2024 season. But uh, yeah, just something quick to announce out there. And actually, I think they've expanded it now. So real quick. So you have Utah, Arizona State, Colorado, and Arizona all joining the Big 12. And then Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA are now part of the Big 10. Hmm. So yeah, it's pretty crazy what's going on as far as the NCAA. But um it's going to be an interesting outlook when it comes to 2024. So obviously this will be the last year that the Pac-12 has, you know, they're, they're fully uh, integrated with all the teams that have already been there. But um, I'm sure you probably don't have a lot to say this because you don't really follow college that much. But I haven't really kept up with those two specifically. I have kept up with Michigan. Yeah. Last year I did. Yeah. And um, what was there was another one you mentioned. Uh, let's see. There's Penn State. There's Ohio State. Ohio State. That was the other one. Yeah, um, yeah. Cause those are one of the two big ones right there. And, uh, yeah, that's, I feel like they probably shouldn't have, shouldn't be doing that. Cause if, if you're staying in those, what did you say? The 12, the pack 12, the pack 12. Cause that's kind of where they're most comfortable unless they see like maybe this year they're able to actually do well. Like if they can already see it good, but if they're, you know, they're not, they're overstepping it a bit too much, then now that's a really bad decision. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it just came down to um, what what the Pac-12 was able to achieve and, and the negotiations and such. And so it, it just did not feel, you know, it was enough to stay in the Pac-12. So they just left. And uh, I believe, let's see. Yeah, Utah and Arizona State were already approved to switch the switch the conferences. So they're already in. Okay. I think Oregon and Washington are waiting the voting, but uh from what it sounded like it was going to be a unanimous vote anyway, so they're probably as good as in as well. So it's just really going to be crazy because for people who do watch college football uh the Pac-12 has always been known as sort of a flashy, quick uh, but not really a true threat to the NCAA. And that, yeah. That's in my opinion as well, because I just kind of feel like they've never really been the true threat that I feel like they could have always been. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you, when you throw those teams into the Big Ten and the Big 12, that is going to be insane. Um, Big 12 is definitely quick and flashy, but I feel like they can definitely bring it. And then you got the Big Ten who are just... They're very, they're a very powerhouse type of teams in there. Uh, Michigan, really hard running. Ohio State, very, very strong threat there. Um, of course, always the big dogs are going to be in the SEC with, you know, Georgia, Florida, 
Alabama. Right. But um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to kind of change the shape of the NCAA for next year, but it'll be something to keep an eye on. Obviously, this has nothing to do with tech, but it was just something <laughs> worth uh, closing out the episode yeah. with because, you know, it's, it's debatable. Good. And we, uh, we kind of stretched the lines on this uh, show just because it kind of is a broader term. So uh, versus an actual, you know, tech talk on, on our Wednesday show. So. But yeah, yeah. Uh, we will definitely be back here on Wednesday with some more tech news. I've already got a pretty crazy intro that's a bit alarming, but um, oh definitely stay tuned for that. And uh, with that said, this is JD and Riley, and we will catch you guys in the next one. Peace out.